Another wild weekend in the Big Ten. Almost saw some slip-ups, but we did get what we wanted. The undefeated matchup coming up this week. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Coming up on today's show, we're going to take a look, of course, at all the games from over the weekend in Big Ten football as we had some close calls leading up to the biggest week of the year here this weekend. We're, of course, going to start out with the big game that happened on Saturday between Michigan and Illinois. Wolverines just barely avoiding the upset on that one. But before we get into any of it, we get into a reminder that this is Locked On Big Ten, where you get everything you need to know on the conference every day. And follow us wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube and also on Twitter. It's Locked On Big Ten. That's one zero at the end, not T-E-N. Let's dive into what happened on Saturday afternoon between the Wolverines and the Illini, because just about everyone was expecting Michigan to kind of roll over Illinois in this game, pretty easily dash any hopes that the Illini had at winning the Big Ten Championship or the Big Ten West, but instead we got ourselves an interesting matchup. And when I say people were expecting Michigan to kind of roll in this one, that expanded past even kickoff because the Wolverines started this game looking really good. Michigan got that touchdown on the first drive of the game. Blake Corum was looking unstoppable as always in his early down touches and moved Michigan down the field quickly, got that first score, and was driving again on the second drive even too. But then Illinois' defense started to step up a little bit. Eli and I were able to kind of figure out and sniff out some of the play calls for Michigan, get some pretty big tackles for losses that killed some drives. Other times just came up with the big plays and the big spots that they needed to to slow down Michigan. But while Michigan was still moving the ball well, this was not an offense that was scoring points all of a sudden. I mentioned last week, I thought that at the very least, Illinois was going to have to put up close to a 30-point day to be able to keep up with Michigan here. That was way, way off. And instead, 20 points could have done the job. But instead of that or anything else happening, we ended up with a 7-3 score at halftime that I feel like Illini fans had to be pretty happy with. Because once more, Michigan was doing a good job on offense. This was not the 3-and-out to 3-and-out to 3-and-out Big Ten football game that we've come used to seeing this season. There were some yards being gained in this game. They just were not being translated into points early on. And I'd say even at halftime, if you went into it as a Michigan fan, you were feeling pretty good because while you were only up by four points, maybe you're not liking that you probably could have been up by more, but you're definitely feeling good about what you saw in that first half. Michigan was looking like the better team, playing like that better team. And Blake Corm was playing like the better running back out of the two. Then at a halftime, things changed, particularly in that back end. Chase Brown just turned things on for Illinois. Throughout that second half, he gets two rushing touchdowns. Illinois takes a lead in this game, all while the defense continues to do its thing. And that maybe is where the biggest credit is due as a result of this game. Illinois' defense was outstanding in slowing down and keeping Michigan off the scoreboard in particular. 
This was not a matchup which I expected Michigan to be slowed down at all here. But throughout the course of the second half, even when Michigan was making its fight back, Illinois was bending and not breaking, taking that 7-3 lead that Michigan had, and they end up getting it to 10, to 13, 16, and then 19 points where it ends up being the end result of this matchup. But this was still Michigan's game to lose at halftime. In the second half, I'm starting to think, hey, Illinois has a shot here. Illinois is playing like a team that deserves to win this game here. And they get the credit for, one, being so good on defense, but two, taking advantage of the opportunity. We've seen more than a couple of different times, whether it be Ohio State or Michigan in these last few weeks especially, take a close game and a half. But just about every time, the reason why we've been reassured that both Michigan and Ohio State are both so good is because they came out of those halftime locker rooms and dominated. Even all the way back to the first week of the season. Ohio State played one of its shakier halves of the season in the first half against Notre Dame. It comes out, dominates the Irish in the second, and that's why they're in college football playoff position. Illinois stepped up to the challenge. Because this went from a game where I was certain that Michigan was going to be able to put the foot down in the second half into a game where Chase Brown had me thinking, oh, Illinois can pull off this upset. And obviously the Illini could have, if not for the big drives at the end of the game that get Michigan this win. Illinois did a great job bending and not breaking all day long. They deserve the credit for that. They deserve the credit, and this loss should be what validates their entire season, really. Because up until this point, Illinois still had those haters. Still had those people that were saying, hey, you're just winning games in weak Big Ten West. You can't really compete with anyone who's really, really good. This is a loss that makes you say, hey, we were right there with Michigan, and all of our other wins now mean something more. And that's where I'm at with it, too. Running backs did their thing. Blake Corm, 108 yards and a touchdown. Chase Brown, 142, 140 yards and the two big touchdowns that he had for Illinois. And as a result, Illinois are out of the Big Ten title picture. It's a really, really tough loss to take. But, I mean, maybe by now you're hopefully starting to, if you're an Illini fan, appreciate a little bit more just how meaningful that loss is for what this season is for Illinois. Because you get blown out in that game, this is just another good year for Illinois. And it's a, it's a good year for Illinois no matter what. But I feel like you get some national recognition now. Like, oh, okay, Illinois was actually legit. Even if it's not fair that you weren't getting that before. We're going to come back and go over some of the other big matchups from over the weekend here in the Big Ten. Ohio State survives a little bit of a scare from Maryland, and we've got, of course, our teams left alive in the Big Ten West race. That's coming up here in just a minute on Locked On Big Ten. Before we get to that, though, if you've thought about securing your home as of late with home security but have been pulling, putting off actually pulling the trigger, you'll want to listen up right now. Locked On Big Ten listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. It's their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I recommend. It's the 24 hour surveillance that really, really puts Simply Safe over the top. They've got it and got it at a level that can't be matched by anyone else because that's what the home security is all about, really, right? You can keep things under lock and key while you're there, but you got to have eyes on things while you are not at home. 
And Simply Safe can help you with that. And if there's any questions about anything going on at your house, they'll alert you, or you can always call them too. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. This is their biggest discount of the year, so do not wait. It's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Looking at a couple other results from around the Big Ten from over the weekend, Ohio State survives a little bit of a scare against Maryland. Final score, 43-30. to If you were watching the game, you saw the scoop and score at the end that ended up clinching that thing for the Buckeyes. So it was not quite the two-score finish that the final score made it out to be. But the biggest points in this game, I think at least, is that if you're a Michigan fan watching this, you obviously have your own things to worry about. We just went over everything with Illinois. But I'm feeling pretty good about what I saw from Ohio State here this weekend. Especially going into the big game next week, this is when you want Ohio State geared up if you're a Buckeye fan and ready to go. And they just look a little sloppy in the warm-up to the Michigan matchup next weekend. Uh, I think it was 10 or 11 penalties the Buckeyes had. Uh, by far the worst, their worst game they had on that front this season. Coming out of the bye, too, if you're Ryan Day's team. This is a squad that's supposed to have some, some things tied up that were sloppy before that bye week. Was not looking quite like that. And Ryan Day had to turn this game that I'm sure he would have loved to make into a little bit of, hey, let's experiment some things. Let's test out some things for Michigan next week after having not played the weekend before. Instead, he has to play a really tight Big Ten football game. And also Talia Tungavailoa is able to throw some on that Ohio State defense too. Now, of course, Michigan's just going to want to run Blake Corum all day if they can. But Ohio State looked vulnerable in this matchup last weekend against the Terps. And this was the game I was expecting to get out of Maryland against Michigan State the week before, or Penn State the week before. Because Penn State's a team I thought Maryland could run with. I did not think they were going to be able to run with Ohio State. Instead, they get shut out by Penn State and then end up putting up 30 against the Buckeyes. That's Big Ten football for you, I guess. This Maryland team's good. And I think that after getting shut out a couple of weeks ago, you can reassert them into the good category with this performance against Ohio State. But they're not good enough to be keeping it that close with the Buckeyes. They're not good enough to be scoring that many points against what we're thinking is an elite Buckeye defense right now still. So for Ohio State to only get what it did in that win against Maryland, I mean, you can say what you want about what I'm making out of how close this game actually was. Point of it was, Maryland had the football in the last minutes of the game with a chance to take a lead against Ohio State if it had scored that touchdown, however unlikely it may have been. That's still more than you could say for just about every team that's played Ohio State this season. And that's not the time you want to put out that kind of a game if you're Ohio State. So... Of course, you don't doubt the Buckeyes are going to be ready going into Saturday. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm just doubting a little bit of, okay, if this is the Ohio State invincible team that it's been all season long, then what was that? And that's the question I think that Michigan's going to be pushing for an answer for once they hit the field on Saturday. And you know that Jim Harbaugh and the rest of that squad is looking at that tape and seeing, okay, this is what this team's shown us lately. What can we make it, what can we turn it into 
when we get out there against them. So obviously big game coming up this weekend. We'll get into that later in the week. But as far as what Ohio State showed in the time out before the big game, it was not the most convincing and reassuring of wins for Ohio State. That's all I'm saying. Offense can do what it does. It again puts up 43 points on the final scoreboard. But you'll ask Ohio State fans, this was not the cleanest of performances from the Buckeyes and not what you want to see going into Michigan week. The other big result from the weekend, Wisconsin makes a big fourth quarter comeback to win 15-14 to against Nebraska. A great drive to finish this game. Just outstanding drive. A drive that I think shows the difference between your two interim coaches when you're looking at Jim Leonard, a guy who presumably is going to get that Wisconsin job and has been there forever, and a guy like Mickey Joseph, who give him all of his credit for what he's done in getting Nebraska some wins this season. He's not going to be the guy who's coaching that team long term. So Jim Leonard shows that he's got the coaching snuff there, gets the big fourth quarter comeback. Again, Graham Mertz, the finisher at the end with the big dive and ends up putting Wisconsin up in the final minute. Uh, The run game overall was great for Wisconsin. You expect it to be always good for Wisconsin, but it did its thing against Nebraska. Chesma Lucy, 21 for 98 yards. Braylon Allen, 18 for 92 yards. Isaac Garendo, 9 for 42 yards in a little bit of a third string plug and play role there. Uh, Mertz and Thompson both throw 18 and 20 throws respectively. I was talking last week about getting Thompson more involved if he had ended up playing. He did play. Nebraska did not really use him the way I was hoping that he would. He, He had two touchdown passes to Trey Palmer, so I can't really down him that much. But I was kind of hoping we see some more throws out of Nebraska to try and beat Wisconsin. And, I mean, you, you get up late, so the game script changes there at the end, I suppose. But I think maybe they could have closed that door and ended up not doing it and end up losing the game by a point. We're going to finish things up here on the show by looking at the Big Ten West. Iowa is still in it after beating Minnesota. Purdue is still in it after beating Northwestern. We're going to get into those two teams and those two games here as we wrap things up on the program. Before we do that, though, this week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the drivers themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be Jake Moody, kicker from Michigan, nailing a whole bunch of field goals throughout the game against Illinois, but also hitting the game winner with less than a minute to go, not only coming up clutch, but coming up clutch in a spot where he hasn't had to before. Not a lot of times where Michigan's been down late over the last couple of years, and especially with him kicking things this season for the Wolverines. Jake Moody and Michigan, that leg of his, getting the Nissan thrilling moment for the week. The segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. A couple more games to go over. Iowa defeats Minnesota in a game that ends up another nail-biter of a Big Ten matchup between these two teams. They've been playing it close pretty much the entire way, but this is now six games and four one-possession losses for P.J. Fleck against Kirk Ferentz as the head coach of the Gophers. It's brutal if you're a Minnesota fan. Because you know you've gotten so close. You know you've been the better team maybe even in some years. Or at least thought you have been. 
and not come out with anything as far as the Floyd of Rosedale goes in any of these years. It's just brutal. And this one, another tough one. Uh, Minnesota, in a tie game at 10-all in the fourth quarter, driving down the field. Mo Ibrahim, who had an outstanding performance, he fumbles the football. Ends up killing a Minnesota drive. Ends up giving the Hawkeyes the football back. Ethan Kalikmanis, who was not asked to do very much at all, only threw 15 passes in this game. Ends up throwing an interception with the game tied again. And Minnesota gives the ball back to the Hawkeyes once more. And then it ends up being a kick. Just a simple, easy, you knew he was going to make it kick if you're a Minnesota fan. And watching it go through with less than a minute to go. A 13-10 final in favor of the Hawkeyes that is just a brutal, brutal loss to take if you're a fan of the Gophers. But if you're an Iowa fan, all of a sudden, this team, after what it had been at the start of the season, after what it had gone through, it's somehow back in the position where if it wins here on Friday, it will be the Big Ten West champion. And it will play the winner of Ohio State and Michigan in the Big Ten championship game. I have no idea how Iowa does it every single year in and year out. I don't know if I want to know at this point. I just kind of enjoy the magic and appreciate, because this year out of all of them, maybe even more than any of the ones before, when you saw that start against North Dakota and everything else that Iowa was struggling with doing, man, it looked like this was not going to be it. Remember the two safeties game? Remember when Iowa won a game 7-3 with two safeties early in the season? That was not Big Ten championship play. But it may win the Big Ten West this season. And to be honest, it probably is pretty fitting. Uh, the only challengers are the Purdue Boilermakers. Purdue beats Northwestern in a low-scoring affair. Again, not some pretty football here to contend for the Big Ten West. I have to be worried if you're Purdue only putting up those points against Northwestern. Not really getting any offense going throughout the entire matchup. But again, they've got a shot. It's all in the past right now. And if Iowa loses and Purdue wins against Indiana here this weekend, you got yourself a shot. You've got yourself a Big Ten championship game shot. And if you're Purdue, it would be huge. Iowa's been here before. Purdue has never played in that game in Indianapolis. So plenty on this on the slate for this weekend, up for grabs. And, of course, we'll have the previews for it as the week continues here on Locked On Big Ten. I'm Nate Dickinson. We're going to be back here tomorrow with more. We're going to get Jason Jordan in of Locked or from Sports Illustrated on Locked On Big Ten to talk some basketball recruiting. Season starting up, going to get into some of the top classes in the 2023 class so far and ask Jason who else could jump into those top 10 classes that Michigan State and Ohio State have as the current 2023 rankings stand. That's all coming up tomorrow on Locked On Big Ten. I'm Nate Dickinson. Until tomorrow, tune in wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube and on Twitter at Locked On Big Ten. It's 1-0 on the end, a 10, not T-E-N. I'm Nate Dickinson at Nate with Sports. Until tomorrow, this has been Locked On Big Ten.